Hello and welcome to the Canon Cast, a podcast on the Fans First Sports Network brought to you by The Canon at jacketscanon.com, your number one site on these here internets for Columbus Blue Jackets fans. It is 8.26, 8.27 Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, as we were recording this on Monday, May 8th, the draft lottery just went down on ESPN. And the good news is the Blue Jackets didn't fall fourth. So for all of you naysayers that thought we were going to pick fourth, ha! But that's about the only good thing we can say, because not only did the Jackets fall to third, ESPN just totally cocked this up with their presentation of it. Chicago wins the number one overall pick, which is completely undeserved. It, it would be bad enough just because they so blatantly tanked. It would be bad enough because their fans, for the most part, are freaking awful. Certainly the worst visiting fans we've had. But then also then add in the whole Kyle Beach thing. Um, th- this franchise and the, you know, the three cups in the last 13 years, whatever, this franchise should have to walk in the desert for decades like we have had to. So for them to get this gift, it feels, it's, uh, it's just, it's garbage. And I don't want to buy into the whole, this league is rigged thing. This league's just incompetent, but um, do you guys think this is rigged? <laughs> I mean, going into this, everyone had said the one thing that would point to this being rigged would be the Blackhawks winning. And it happened. You know, what was their chance? 11.5%. It's frustrating for all the reasons that you just said, PD. It's a franchise that's been marred with sexual assault um, allegations. They covered it up on multiple levels. and here they are, two years later, winning um, a generational player, potentially. Um, I, I had prepared myself for low expectations in this. Um, and I think that this was the outcome that was the only thing that was going to get me fired up, was Chicago winning. Um, I, was, I had just kind of resigned to the fact that we were going to get third or fourth, um, and I've been fine with that. Um, any of these other teams, I would have been a little upset if someone like the Capitals had won. Um, but this is, this is worst case scenario for, for me. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was Dale, by the way, I didn't do the introductions. I'm your host PD. And now the hot takes that you're all waiting for seeds go. I mean, I don't even know if I have hot takes because it's, well, I'm going to, uh, read something that I just saw from, a good old friend, Travis Yost on Twitter is that, uh, Connor Bedard may be a sensational hockey player, but what's his experience covering up felonies? Not sure he's a fit in Chicago. Oh, wow. Uh, the I'm not a proponent of this league is rigged. This draft is rigged. I'm not like I was listening to a podcast earlier where Jeff Remmer was talking. He's like, you know, they wouldn't if this league was really rigged they wouldn't have Connor McDavid in Edmonton. He'd be in a bigger market somewhere in the U.S., either in New York or something like that. But, but the way they botched that broadcast, the way this is all done in such a stupid secret way where no one gets there, they don't draw the numbers on live TV or anything like that. And then 
you know, this league is struggling with their salary cap ramifications. It's struggling with escrow. The cap isn't growing. There's no hockey related revenue. Wonder what could possibly help all these things. Maybe let's stick Connor Bedard in the biggest market in the lottery and see if we can suddenly get all these disinterested Blackhawks fans back in the building. I'm not saying I think the league is rigged, but if they were going to rig it, it would certainly look a lot like this, wouldn't it? I, it's just, it's complete. And, and, and my big problem with how this all just went down is I don't know if it was a script reading error or what the hell just happened, but one Elliot Friedman was 90 seconds ahead on Twitter of every single pick. So, Mm -hmm. um, would like a little explanation for that. Second, um, to completely cock up how you announce the blue, like they blew the blue jackets pick going into a commercial break. Yeah. How are you so incompetent? How is this Mickey mouse league? So bad at doing the basic job of naming teams in a specific listicle that somehow Buzzfeed gets this right. That like, I don't understand what is going on here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not pissed. We dropped a third. I'm really not like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm bummed. We missed out on Fantilli. I'm, Maybe maybe Anaheim will do something stupid and draft Mitchkov and save us. I don't know. I but I'm just I'm more pissed off at how this just whole debacle just went down and it looks completely terrible and we once again are just shunted to the side in some error or something that because the league just I'm just mad. I'm mad at this league. I'm <laughs> mad the Blackhawks got something good again when that fucking franchise doesn't deserve anything. Sorry yeah. for swearing. And that's actually a, a good point that. I definitely had steeled myself for the fact that, you know, third and fourth were the most likely things we could pick. And that, given the talent available, and we'll get into this here in a little bit, but we can still get someone really, really good at three or four, right? But having our pick kind of spoiled, like you said, going into a commercial. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think Kevin Weeks just jumped the gun on reading something off or whatever. Um, you know, I know that the drawing itself happened a couple hours before, you know, based on what they've done in previous years. And so the daily parts may have been filmed before this and probably all at once. And then ESPN was going to splice in their thing. And Weeks just lost them. He just lost his cue as to where they were going to break it off. I think in the past, they've sometimes cut after three, but before we get to one and two, that kind of thing. So, and it's, you know, why do you have Kevin Weeks uh, leading that broadcast? Uh, I mean, I I don't mind Weeks as an analyst. I, the way he breaks news on Twitter is kind of fun, all that. Like, nothing against Weeks, but this is ESPN putting him in a situation he should not be in. Like, what, Bucci Grass is there running the panel at the desk. Why not just have Bucci run it? Or Steve Levy or someone like that. Like, someone who's an experienced anchor. So that was just a botched broadcast. It speaks to ESPN, uh, you know, often treating the NHL as an afterthought, even though they spent so much money to get the thing on. But the broadcast is just kind of thrown together. You know, I feel like ESPN does not put the effort into it that, like, TNT does. And TNT brought in a lot more hockey talent, whereas ESPN used their existing broadcasters for the play-by-play and then just brought in like the biggest names they could find for the analyst. Like, yeah. So that was just a, just a really, really botched broadcast. And uh, we're joined by a fourth member here, Josh. 
we've just been venting sort of about the Chicago of it all and the ESPN broadcast of it all. So uh, what are your feelings about uh, what has just gone down here in the last uh, 15, 20 minutes? Ugh, it was probably already said, but oh my God, that was the most anticlimactic <laughs> disappointment I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it could have been worse, but I mean, I, there's no way to not come out of it feeling disappointed with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, uh, it's just really disappointing. And, uh, did you guys see, did yeah. you guys see the sheer disappointment on JD and Yarmo's faces? No, I didn't see that. They, was, didn't get, they didn't give us a lot of reaction. No, well, they did. And they did. Yeah. It was the face of this is clearly a, like a top two draft. And of course we yep. agree. Glad, glad we won that Pittsburgh game though, guys. Right. Super, super glad we won that. It was real, real worth it. Um, fun fact, according to bet MGM, 87.8% of the handle was on the Blackhawks to win the first pick. So, you know, just in case you want to think of something's a little uh, suspicious. I'm <clears throat> that's yeah. I, I, there, the confluence of factors that led us to this point, and, and at some point we should probably talk about presumptive third pick Leo Carlson. Yeah. We'll, we'll but get it's, to that, yeah. it's just so, it's just so frustrating that fans of this team, fans of this organization have been kicked in the balls repeatedly for 23 yeah. years. They had one. They had. They finally had a chance for like a franchise-altering player, someone who's going to make a legitimate difference for the future. And not only did they not get him, it was so spoiled and in such a anticlimactic, kick in the nuts way. Like we don't. Mm-hmm. It's the confluence of factors that has transpired here in the last twenty or so minutes as we sit here recording this is just so. I, I'm, I'm just so angry. I'm yeah. so angry at everything that has led us to this point. I'm, I'm angry again at this last season. I'm angry again at everything that transpired. I'm angry again at this league, and I'm angry again at the Chicago Blackhawks for their continued fucking existence. And I'm everything, just everything is so... I, it, everything just sucks right now. Yeah, yeah, it definitely... I, I guess I... As much as I was going to, like, prepare for the third or fourth pick, I do think that... I wasn't adequately steeled for the whole Chicago of it all. And I guess I thought if there was going to be any rigging that it was going to be against Chicago, just because of the headaches, it it would cause some mark, you know, some PR issues for the league because of just the bad feelings about Chicago around the league about the fact that like now that there are, you know, GM openings and head coach openings, people are talking about, Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville again. And both of those guys to even be interviewed by teams are going to have to get cleared by the NHL. So here, this is going to be in the headlines again about Gary Bettman making the decision about reinstating these guys to be hired by the NHL. So what they did, what they did not do, what they, you know, tried to cover up or not report, that's going to get talked about again as the league is preparing to give that franchise now the next face of the league. Um, and I kind of hope that that was not going to happen and now it has happened. And that is, um, yeah, that, that is frustrating. I like how they went back to John Buchagross after the, uh, when they went back in studio 
And he just had to give the reminder of uh, Columbus's rotten lottery luck. <laughs> just one, uh, one last reminder for us all, as if we don't already know. Well, of course, Bucci's our guy. He's been cheering for months for us to win the lottery. You know, he was what, cheering on the tank and all that. Like, yeah, this uh, was evident from him too. Well, that's why I I, I did uh, tweet at him from the Canon account. I tagged him and did the uh, the GIF from Godfather Part Two of you know Michael Corleone telling Fredo, "You broke our heart. You broke my heart." So that's that's Bucci to us right now. So, all right, we will take a quick break and we come back we will talk about the pick that we actually do have all right and we're back so let's steer on to something that should be perhaps better news here so the blue jackets are picking number three now it is not you know not bedard not fantilly but there is a group of players at number three that do still have very high upside not necessarily the generational or elite but like legitimate top line all-star level players uh the candidates that i'm looking at the three that seem to be in a part of the top five for this draft um is leo carlson who is a center uh, but has been playing wing in a professional league in sweden uh so teenager playing against men uh matt famichkov who is a winger in russia now he's the one who is under contract for three more seasons so we'd have to wait on him but he is considered by some to be a, you know, Patrick Kane, Nikita Kucherov level game changer at wing, if you're willing to wait. Um, and then the final one, and one that has been a bit of a riser lately is Will Smith. Uh, he's been with the U.S. National Team Development Program. Uh, he's committed to play at Boston College this coming season. Um, but he's a guy that is very intriguing as well. So, um, Dale, I will start with you. Uh, where are you leaning on uh, who the Jackets should take at number three? This is a really tough one because Smith has been moving up a lot of boards. Um, you know, he was he was the highest guy I think ranked to play in the U18s um, just this past month, um, and he won MVP. He looked dominant. Um, this is a kid that has a lot of offensive upside. Um, there's question marks as to um, physicality and um, things like that, but he probably has a higher offensive ceiling than, say, Carlson does. Um, Carlson uh, seems to be a, a more well-rounded player. Um, a lot of scouts seem to dis- seem to agree that he has a very high floor. Um, so if you pick Carlson, you could be getting, you know, a, a middle six center um, at a very minimum, which is intriguing, right? I tend to think you go Carlson. Um, go with the safe pick. Go with a guy that is big. He's 6'3". He's a big body. Um, the Blue Jackets need a guy like that. Um, if he can be a glue in the middle and a big guy that um, plays really well, it does have some offensive skill, and is really known as a playmaker. You've got Line, You've got Goudreau. You've got Ginakov and Marchenko. Um, you really need a playmaker at center. So that's, I think, the way that I would go as of right now. All right, Josh, where are you leaning? I'm with Dale. I mean, I, in my mind, it was always, if we get the third pick, it's got to be Carlson. Um, the more you heard about Smith with his, you know, historic year with the U.S. team, it was a possibility in hearing the the rumor that management was in love with Carlson, or not Carlson, um, with Smith. So I think that I wouldn't be surprised if they went with 
Smith just to, you know, the classic Yarmo move of <laughs> not going off the board really, but, you know, taking the one who wasn't necessarily in the consensus top three. Um, I would lean Carlson as well for my personal preference. Like Dale said, just the, the sheer, like just the size, he's already six, three, almost 200 pounds. He's built to play in the middle. He's still going to be hopefully a number one center. So that's, that's where I'm going with it. I saw somewhere that I don't know how, uh, it's projections are always hard, but I saw Barkov as a, as one comparison. And I mean, if he comes, you know, even in, in the same ballpark as, uh, Alexander Barkov, I think we come out of this, uh, pretty happy all said and done. Yeah, that would be huge, especially with the types of wings that we have. Having a Barkov-type center, I think, would that would work really well because some of our wingers can be playmakers and create stuff, too. So if the center can just hang with them, that there's something to be said for that. So, uh, if, they scenes where, back, I'm sorry. if they can get a backdoor deal to get uh, Mishkov out of Russia, then I think, <laughs> I think that should be considered, too. All right, Seeds, what do you think? See, I'm in the opposite boat I or of that, Josh. I wrote, coming later this week, Mitch Goff's draft profile, and I don't want him near this roster. I don't really think he brings anything that we super need right now. Like, we need a, someone who can play down the middle. We need a big-bodied guy who can play down the middle. That's why Adam Fantilli was really my dream in this draft. Um, right. Winning, winning that meaningless Pittsburgh game cost us him directly. We now have evidence of that. So I would go for Fantilli Light, and I would draft Leo Carlson. I wouldn't think twice about it. I'd be running up there the second Fantilli is off the board to hand in that card to pick Leo Carlson. Big guy, big frame, big guy who can – if he can turn into if he can turn into some version of Sasha Barkov in this league franchise, love that. I would go Leo Carlson and not think twice about it. Yeah, so I I wrote about Leo Carlson last week for the site, and um, I'm definitely more uh, intrigued by him than I was maybe before. Then um, I think I can certainly talk myself into being very very happy with that pick. Uh, one advantage for him that over Mitch Goff or Smith is of those three, Carlson would definitely seem to be the most NHL ready. Um, he can come over and play in the NHL this fall. Um, given that he's been playing in a pro league, that's probably a transition that he could make um, given his, his size and everything. Uh, so that is, that is huge. And I've said a lot of times here, I think this team is, Closer than a lot of people think to to competing, or at least they need to be close to competing, uh, just given the windows of Gaudreau, Wierenski, Line A, etc. So definitely don't want to wait for Mitchkov. Uh, I'm intrigued by his upside, but I think the wait is just too long given everyone else on the roster. Um, and Will Smith uh, is probably going to, you know, he's going to go to college, do at least a year there. And I could wait a year for Will Smith. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I was thinking that he was was bigger. But yeah, I was just looking him up. Yeah, he's only only six foot tall. So uh, definitely, I like going for for size in this case. Uh, we need that kind of big bodied guy up the middle. Um, so I I think I'm definitely leaning towards Carlson at this point as well. But I do think that yeah, Smith being a riser definitely seems to be a Yarmo type pick. He likes these guys that are getting better as their draft year goes on. And you know, he's a guy that. 
scored more points for the development team than Austin Matthews did or Jack Hughes did. So like that's it's a pretty good company. Seeds, you had a thought? Yeah, I just want to touch on Mitchkov again. I guess mm-hmm. I kind of gr- brushed over why I wasn't super into him, um, given that he's, you know, by all scouting reports, like he's this prodigious talent. And like, yeah, he's a, he's a really good playmaker. But I guess one, this team doesn't, this, this team is already loaded with so many wingers and winger prospects. Like, I mm-hmm. want someone who at least has the possibility of playing center at the NHL sure. level. And Mitchkov just is not that guy. Second, um, I know he had injury concerns. He had some personal life issues. Obviously his father passed away this mm-hmm. year and um, there was some other stuff, but just even before all that, like he, he only cracked the St. Petersburg lineup in the KHL for three games and went pointless in those games. Um, was actually loaned to their VHL team for a while this season, played 12 games there, put up 14 points, was kind of unimpressive there as well. Like all the reports that I read, all the scouting reports were like, while he was with the VHL team was not, Really, all that positive. Um, they ended up loaning him to Sochi, and he played 27 games there. Sochi was the last place team in the KHL this year, like finished dead last in the league by a lot. And they all all indications were that um, that he at least like played better, like sh- started showing some of that promise again. He put up 20 points uh, in 27 games with nine goals. Um, but if we're just kind of looking at guys who are who played in pro leagues last year against like men, like I would. Like, I think Leo Carlson unquestionably had a better season. And I think given the weight as well as just performance in their draft year, I would certainly take Carlson over Mitch Goff. I don't think Mitch Goff should even be remotely close to the top of this team's draft. I've, I've seen several I've seen several opinions just recently within the last couple of weeks saying that it wouldn't be a shocker if Mitch Goff fell to the five to eight range. Um, you know, I think the potential is there, but the timeline and the things that you mentioned seeds, you know, I, I do – I, I I completely agree. I, I don't think this franchise is gonna is gonna really think twice about not picking him. Which means expect to see him on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to do mention real quick. Now that we know what the draft order is exactly, um, is there any way that we move up to second? Um, mm. We have the ability to back up the Brinks truck. Um, how? Anaheim has already has McTavish, um, yeah. who is looking like a real solid center. Um, they already have Zegris. Um, they need more defensive prospects. Um, they need more wingers. You know, could you could you entice them with something like you know Sfozel or Matejchuk? Um, maybe in, include a Sillinger or um, Chinikov, and then the third pick. Is there any way that Anaheim would be willing to listen. Yes, I for in terms of our defensive prospects, I would maybe want to lead with Kulamans because just I think we've got so many, you know we've got Yurichek and Boquist that could be ahead of him on the right side. So I think Kulamans is Kulamans is a little more expendable uh, for us at the moment, uh, but I think it would still be an intriguing enough prospect to interest them. Uh, I do like the thought. I. I I do think there Fantilli is enough better that I would be willing to explore what it would take to move up that one spot. And I do, I do think you're right that I think Anaheim would listen because I think they've got a number of holes to fill. So uh, yeah, I I don't hate it now. It looks like Josh seeds. Maybe you guys are are disagreeing with that. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm thinking I would, (laughs) I would consider going all out to see if they would, if they're going to listen, Mm -hmm. uh, 
I think they should definitely make it worth their while. I would, I mean, people are going to call me crazy. <laughs> I would do both first a defensive prospect and a forward prospect, uh, forward prospect. Sure. Um, really the only one I wouldn't go include is your check on defense, which that could be the, that could be the hold up there. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's nobody else in the system that moves the needle that much. I don't think, um, like by themselves, I should say, they can definitely put together a package to get it done. It's just they really have to empty the tank to do it. Yeah, my shaking my head there wasn't so much a disagreeing with the idea. It's I don't think Corson Coolman's is remotely close enough to even try to do this. Like you would have well, to, not on his own certainly. But no, it's part I, of the no package. They're, they're, they're going to no. I I don't think if you put put both future or both first this year and Coolman's in there, that's remotely close enough. They're coming back asking for Matejchuk and probably Cole Sillinger or yeah, I'm done. Actually, yes, actually, agree. Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, realistically, if you're Anaheim, you're you're looking for both firsts, and you're probably asking for one of Juracek or Kent Johnson. If I'm if I'm the opposing team, because just because I can read a depth chart and I know what I I know the asset yeah. I'm sitting on, and I would say, now if you can talk them down into two firsts, Matejchuk and Cylinder, I'm making that deal tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree I, with. I just you, worry it's going to cost you one of Yurichek or Ken Johnson. Which, if you're giving up, I can't believe I'm about to utter these <laughs> words. But if you can say both first and David or Ken Johnson gets this deal done, I think I'd do that. Yeah, you I'm know, hang, I would want to hang on to Yurichek. I I tend to I tend to agree with you, Seeds. I think the biggest question is, you know. This would I would le- gladly leave this up to the professional scouts. Um, Will Smith, Leo Carlson, how good are they? What's their ceiling? If if they are projected to be legitimate one C's, then you probably just stand. If you think Fentilli is that much better, which I tend to think that he is, um, Fentilli's. In my, my in my eyes, a, a cup winning center. I mean, the kid is a monster. Um, so the, that's the biggest question. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still inclined to think that I, I would not want to move Johnson just because he's one of those wingers that I think can make center better. Um, and that is if he is going to be a winger long term, which it's still unclear <laughs> how the organization feels about him, but it how they've used him seems to suggest that they think he's a winger, despite what they may say to the contrary. So, um, but I like his game a lot and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him with a Carlson or a Smith. Uh, I think that that could work uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I agree with that. You also have to consider Brad Larson's incompetence into that usage. So true. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a, yeah. It's hard to judge some things given, given all of that. Um, which, yeah, of course, then this whole thing, too, raises questions about the coaching search, which we don't have time to get into this week, but we can talk about that next week and thereafter. You know, if we had gotten one of the high picks, that may have changed who we could get in the coaching search. But, um, you know, we'll see how, if that uh, changes anything now, because, I've you know, Anaheim's got number two. If they're looking for a coach. That might be more intriguing to, uh, to some of the candidates here. Um, Josh wrote a great piece today on the site about why we shouldn't go after Gerard Gallant, which I think most of us here are 
uh, in agreement on. But again, we'll have uh, more time to discuss the coaching stuff uh, next week because we're running out of time here. Uh, any final thoughts from anyone? I would just like to close with two final. I would just like to read two tweets for the record and get them <laughs> on the record. One from uh, Greg Wyshynski. Um Among top 20 trending topics in the U.S. right now, Blackhawks, Rigged, Gary Bettman, and Kyle Beach. I just wanted to get that on the record. <laughs> um, second Whoa. thing I want to get on the record is from uh, former Canon uh, writer and friend of the pod, Elaine Shercliffe. Quote, if you can't hold people accountable in a timely manner when they sexually assault your prospects, you don't deserve to have a first-round draft pick for several years, or for a few years, I'm sorry. I said what I said, and I will not be taking any questions, comments, or concerns at this time. I would like to second that wholeheartedly. Yeah. The Blackhawks organization can go straight to hell, and they don't deserve any success. Yeah, agreed. All right, Josh Dale, anything? I'm ready. Let's get to the draft. I want it to be over now. <laughs> yes which you know it's kind of funny i felt like you know when the season ended we're like geez when's the draft lottery gonna be it's like three weeks from now like it felt so long so far away and now here you wake up today like oh my god it's here today already i don't know maybe it's just me but i felt like the last three weeks just flew by so uh i am glad that this part is done at least so it is what it is we could just look to the future so yeah we've got uh until june 28th now to wait for uh the official word on that. So, uh, Josh, anything? No, not really. I'm with with Dale. Let's get to the draft. I have some time to get into the acceptance phase now. So, I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll, like I, we always knew, we, we'll sell ourselves on uh, whoever gets picked and the excitement will be back. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's going to sting for a little while. I enjoy yep. that I can tell that we're all in the various processes of like the five stages of. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in various stages of them, but I can tell that we're all going through them. Yeah, I, I tend to spin through those like a carousel, you know. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned to jacketscanon.com. We'll have profiles of all of these uh, prospects we were talking about. We'll have profiles of some guys that we could get uh, there with the Los Angeles pick if we hold on to it, which who knows. Um, and big shout out to our paid subscriber of the week, Tom Burns. Despite uh, being a former Blackhawks fan, he is a gentleman in this color. Thank you, Tom, for the support. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you next time. For more content from the Canon, check out JacketsCanon.com or follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, Turn Me Loose, is out now. Go to AngelaPurley.com for more music and show dates.